We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Every time a missile misses its target, a train derails, or a faulty airbag fails to save a life, we wonder whether these failures, which can sometimes reach catastrophic proportions, are caused by a counterfeit part that may have infiltrated the supply chain. Welcome to People to People, working together for your safety with host Stan Salat, Jr. Stan has the answers to your questions on protecting yourself and the safety of your loved ones, including your pets. Don't miss out. Now, here is Stan Salat. Hello and welcome to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is Industry Alliances for Consumer Safety. When was the last time you used your mouth to hold something that, uh, so that you would have a free hand? Handed a child, a friend, or a loved one a piece of food with your bare hands? Picked up a sandwich or pizza to eat without washing your hands first. Do you realize that you might have transferred toxic poisons to yourself or others? How much of a risk are we really at? To answer this question, you need to consider what you know about the items you purchase every day. Where were they manufactured? Who is the manufacturer? Are they authentic? products or are they counterfeit? My guest, Matthew Schindel, Special Counsel Goldberg Sagala, and I will discuss the risk that each of us take every day handling the many consumer products that are part of our everyday life. We will review the potential risk and what you as a consumer can do to protect yourself or as a member of a company or the head of a company, which you can do to protect your company. Our show is made possible today by our sponsors, Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, and Secure Components, LLC. Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, provides business process and quality management consulting, training, and software tools to industry. The principles of BQPM, led the development and implementation of the International Hazardous Substance Process Management, boy, that's a mouthful, certification uh, program used by more than 4,500 manufacturers to date to demonstrate compliance to the European Union's restriction of hazardous substances and the International Counterfeit Avoidance Certification Program. To learn more about the work that BQPM does, and how they can help your company, visit their website at www.bqpm.com. Our other uh, sponsor 
that helps make the program possible is Secure Components, LLC, an independent distributor specializing in obsolete and hard-to-find components. Secure Components is the first company in the world to achieve international certification for their counterfeit detection and mitigation process controls. Their IECQ-CAP certification was achieved in accordance with the SAE AS6081 standard. And that's an international standard. When you need to find quality obsolete or hard-to-find components, you want Secure Components on your team. To learn more about what, can, uh, what Secure Components can do for you, visit their website at www.securecomponents.com. I'd also like to recognize the law firm Goldberg Sagala, who has been a regular contributor to the show. Today we have Matt uh, Matthew Shindell, special counsel with Goldberg Sagala, joining us. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you, Stan. Thanks for having me on the show. You're quite welcome. I appreciate everything that Goldberg Sagala does uh, for us and with us, and uh, appreciate you taking the time today. I understand that uh, where you're at is uh, downstream from where I'm at, and where I'm at in Washington, D.C. today, it's snowing, so you get it next. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We've had a good amount of snow here in the past few months. I came. I came from uh, California. Actually, San Francisco is is where I'm normally at. And this time of the year, I, I was sure I got here at a time when it wasn't going to be cold and snowy. But so much for my planning. Yeah, yeah. we'll be spring here at some point this year. So. <laughs> okay, uh, Matt, if you wouldn't mind, we have an obligatory uh, requirement to do some legal disclaimer. So if you don't mind doing that for us, and then we'll get started with today's show. Sure. The user, listener, reader understands that the information provided by this radio, internet broadcast website, any link from this website, or any other social media is not, nor is it intended to be legal advice and should not be used for any purpose. Every jurisdiction within the United States may have different variations of the law regarding a particular situation. The listener should consult with an attorney for individual advice tailored to his or her particular situation. Any information you obtain from this radio, internet broadcast, website, or link from this website does not create an attorney-client client relationship with myself or any other attorney, agent, and or employee of Goldberg Sagala. Do not send any confidential or privileged information to anyone at Goldberg Sagala. Goldberg Sagala will not assume any liability or responsibility for it. Very good. Um for our listening audience, you've been on a show before, Matt, but let me just uh, make a couple of comments here. Matt is special counsel in Goldberg Sagala's Philadelphia office. Matthew and the, uh, and the product liability group at his firm serve as national and regional counsel to uh, product manufacturers, suppliers, and retailers with respect to product liability claims. Matthew and his team is also understand. Uh, his team also understand that avoiding a lawsuit is more important than winning one. I'm sure Matt, you enjoy winning if you uh, get forced into that part of it. Yeah, of course, we always <laughs> enjoy winning. But let me just first tell our listeners a little bit about Goldberg Sagala. I know I've been on the show before, um, but in case we have any new listeners out there, uh, Goldberg Sagala has approximately 200 attorneys. Uh, throughout the northeastern United States, 
Chicago, and in London. Um, and as you just mentioned, Stan, I'm in the product liability group and risk avoidance group. Um, and like you said, obviously we want to win lawsuits, um, but one of our goals is to help manufacturers and retailers avoid being in a lawsuit uh, in the first place. Uh, our approach to risk management involves developing essential policies and procedures that affect day-to-day business operations, including uh, policies regarding document retention and destruction. Um, we also provide our clients with input uh, regarding uh, instruction manuals, warnings, warranties, and advertising materials uh, to help them mitigate risk associated with defective products. And that's perhaps uh, one of the, the um, real values that I continue uh, to, to appreciate from Goldberg Sagala. Uh, my life has been all about the prevention, uh, doing things right the first time, working to prevent problems rather than solve them. Of course, we do occasionally get forced into solving problems. We all do at one time or another. But I know Frank, uh, Frank Chano, who's been a regular guest on the show as well, a senior partner at Goldberg Sagala, has said many times that it the ounce of prevention is worth many pounds or many many dollars. I won't say millions of dollars, but it could be um, significant dollars uh, in cure. So, with that said, um, I'd like to talk, Matt, about uh, talk with you about what's what's happening in the world today. And some of the things that we continue to address uh, from the standpoint of uh, what we've been doing, and I say we, I'm associated as many or most folks know with an organization that represents the United States. Uh, it's called the ECC Corporation, which works with and, uh, if you will, administers the activities of the International Electrotechnical Commission's quality and reliability. It's a reliability and quality group that puts conformity assessment programs in place. Now, that's a, that's a mouthful, but what it's all about is actually helping companies demonstrate their compliance to national and international standards using a conformity assessment or inspection and verification programs. One of these programs is the hazardous substance, uh, and it's actually hazardous substance process management. It's a certification program where manufacturers undergo a an implementation process. Uh, somewhat, Matt, like like you uh, have mentioned, it, it's the ounce of prevention. They actually put things in place to ensure that they're manufacturing products in accordance with standards and specifications so that they're not producing uh, hazardous substances. Right. And the reality is it's impossible to completely prevent <clears throat> all products that are manufactured or distributed from, from being dangerous or defective in some manner. Um, and everyone has kind of has a broad awareness of, of the challenges associated with uh, distributing and making uh, defective products. But few companies or individuals really take the time to assess the business risks related to this problem and they neglect to form, formulate adequate mitigation detection or authentication programs to prevent being involved in a lawsuit in the first place. Um, defective or dangerous products are the cause of 
thousands of injuries every year. Uh, and each state has a different variation of uh, what's known as strict liability or product liability. Uh, and these rules concern uh, who is responsible for defective or dangerous products. So product liability really refers to the manufacturer or seller being held liable for placing a defective product into the hands of the consumer. And responsibility for a product defect that causes injury lies with anyone in the supply chain, whether it's a manufacturer uh, or the retailer or anyone uh, that happened to, to, to get from point A to point B and to the consumer. Uh, so the potential liability liable parties include the product manufacturer, manufacturer, the component parts, the wholesaler, and the retailer store who sold uh, the product. So in general terms, the law requires that a product meet the ordinary expectations of the consumer. Um, and the most important thing to realize is that it doesn't really matter what efforts were taken by the manufacturer or seller to uh, make sure the product wasn't effective. If it gets from the seller manufacturer to the consumer in a defective or dangerous condition and that person gets injured or there's some kind of property damage, um, anyone within that supply chain uh, may be found liable. You, you make some wonderful points. And I guess if we go back in time a little bit, and certainly this, this certainly takes me down the, the path um, that I wound up going down and getting involved with this. As I look at the Internet today, every day, I, and it's part of my daily routine, I look at what's going on in the world. I, I look for particular news relative to the environment that I'm in and the work that I do. And there is always one more story about a hazardous substance that got uh, loose, if you will, into the environment, uh, a product that had too much lead or too much uh, cadmium or hexylvania chromate in it that was found. I was looking uh, just yesterday and partially in preparation for our show today, and I note there's uh, a story here on massive fake health and beauty supplies um, where counterfeiters are producing actually very toxic beauty supplies. It's one of the bigger problems we have in a pretty much worldwide problem. And when we talk about beauty products, obviously the, there's danger of having acids and many other hazardous substances that folks can uh, wind up uh, actually being hurt by. Um, there's also stories in here uh, relative to how we're combating or trying to combat the counterfeit part of it. If we go back in time, the European Union launched a program called the Restriction of Hazardous Substances, which is actually what got me involved back in uh, the early 2000s. And that particular program was all about reducing lead, mercury, cadmium, hexylvania chromate, polybrominated biphenols, and polybrominated diphenyl ethers. Uh, these are... Uh, flame retardants, essentially, the PBD, PBB and PBDE, you know, the polybrominate, it's hard to say, but biphenyls are um, the flame retardants that used to be used widely in products. And what's interesting to note here, when we talk about lead, particularly lead, 
0.1%. The way this is measured is actually 0.1% by weight, and they term it as homogeneous material. So that's something that cannot be separated. Uh, if you look at uh, the product itself, you're looking at a part of the product that can't be separated. You get it down to its lowest con- uh, lowest denominator. But lead is 0.1% by weight. Mercury is 0.1%. Um, hexylvania chromate is 01 The PBB and PBDEs are both 0.1%. That's a very small amount, and particularly when you look at it as uh, by weight. Now, cadmium is another story, and cadmium is actually 0.01. So we've learned that these heavy metals can cause things uh, such as uh, autism, Asperger's, Alzheimer's. I mean, the list just goes on and on of what these chemicals can uh, due to the human body, uh, it's it can be extremely scary at times, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know manufacturers, uh, the producers of these products, certainly need to take all that into consideration today. Certainly, and I, and I think going back to this story that you mentioned about the fake health and beauty supplies, I think what's what's terrifying about that is that they involve things that you and I and most people use every day like lip balms, oils, shampoos and things like that Um, and uh, these retailers are selling these products that consumers use every day uh, knowing knowing, or they should have known that that they were fake. So if they had uh, dangerous substances in them such as uh, dangerous levels of lead like you just mentioned um, there's a good chance that the people using them will get injured by it. So going back to what we were talking about before, uh, these retailers uh, would be on the hook for any uh, personal injuries that were caused um, by these uh, fake products that are selling to the consumers. And that's, that's just another uh, reason why it's so important for, for consumers to, to take the time to make sure that the products they're buying are legitimate and also for distributors and manufacturers to have uh, proper mitigation policies in place to, to ensure that the consumers are getting safe products. Yes, it is. Uh, we're going to take a short break for station identification and to, uh, again, address and uh, share our sponsors. When we come back, I've got a question for you, uh, specifically, and this is for the audience, <laughs> specifically, Matt, so don't think mm-hmm. you have to pass this test. Uh, where, where are their sources? How do you identify the sources of lead? What can you think of that is a source of lead? We're going to take that short break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat at ecccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat, S-A-L-O-T, at ecccorp.org. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is Industry Alliances for Consumer Safety. When we talk about in- industry alliances, what I'm really talking about is the Hazardous Substance-Free Mark Alliance. That's a program that we've started. I'm involved, heavily involved in it, uh, as is Matt and other folks who are involved as founding members of the Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance and the Hazardous Substance-Free Mark Alliance. And what we're actually attempting to do on an international level is to uh, bring together industry around the world through a, an alliance program where we're actually helping industry ensure that they are compliant with standards and regulations worldwide. Uh, basically, if you will, getting the lead out, uh, probably not the best pun I've used lately, but uh, <laughs> we'll leave it at that for right now. Uh, Matt, you're still there with me, I presume? I am, and I wanted to answer your question that you asked before the break. Ah, go for it. Let's see what we can do here. <laughs> where, where, yeah. can, What are some of the sources of lead? All right. I mean, lead can, lead can be found in, in, in a lot of products and locations, some that you may not have thought of. Obviously, uh, we all know that lead used to be used in, in paint to, uh, to add color, improve the, the ability to paint to hide surface, uh, surfaces that it covered. Um, but that was changed in 1978. 
the federal right. government banned lead paint for use in homes. However, uh, lead can also be found in uh, dust, soil, drinking water, air, folk medicines, children's jewelry and toys, uh, lead glazed ceramics in China, imported candies or foods, um, car batteries, radiators, and just a variety of, of consumer products. That's that's very true. And when was the last time your wife said she wanted some lead crystal, some uh, <laughs> Waterford crystal? I should say, not lead. Well, Waterford crystal is very um, latent with lead, actually. Right. And that's what makes crystal crystal is the the content of the lead. I mean, you just raise a good point about what when's the last time my wife wanted to do uh, something with a particular product. I think the important thing to remember with with product liability cases is that um, a manufacturer distributor can be held responsible for a defective product, but only when the product was defective for its intended use. So I was just talking about certain things like uh, like toys and, and, and jewelry and things like that. And if, and if those kind of uh, objects uh, cause someone injury when they're being used for intended use, for instance, with, with a children using a toy, uh, you know, knowing that they're going to stick that, that particular toy in your mouth, uh, it's important for the manufacturer or, distrib- or distributor to understand um, the levels of lead that are in that product because they should know that it will be used in a particular way um, and uh, may cause uh, the consumer to suffer personal injuries from a uh, dangerous level of lead. And that, that really goes to the heart of the program that I helped uh, industry put together back in uh, 2005 and 2006. It, it was, in fact, um, the development of a standard and a method used. We call it conformity assessment, but it's a method used by a manufacturer to demonstrate that the products they produce are, in fact, compliant with the specification. And I say that very carefully because if you're making Waterford crystal, the specification for that crystal could in fact be uh, more lead than is safe for a human being. Mm -hmm. And if that's being done to a specification, then technically that is compliant with the requirements. Now, I guess there there comes a point where if I... If I, and I'm going to pick on Waterford Crystal, not because they're a good or bad company. I love, my wife loves their products. I've seen them. I've traveled uh, to Ireland a few times, and you know they make some very beautiful stuff. But if I bought a wine glass, knowing that it's Waterford Crystal and it has a high content of lead in it, um... Have I got have, and let's say I get sick from it. Mm-hmm. Um, where where am I at? Can I go blame the the manufacturer, knowing that it you know when I bought it, I knew that it was it had lead in it, and it might be dangerous. Well, you kind of raise a good point. It, it really depends. There's 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 mainly three ways that someone can establish um, a product liability case against a manufacturer or distributor, and that's through uh, design defect, manufacturing defect, um, or through a breach of a, of a warranty. Um, <clears throat> a design defect is, is some kind of flaw in the intentional design of the product that makes it unreasonably dangerous. Therefore, that means the design f- defect exists 
and then product uh, from from its inception. I guess the easiest way to think to to understand that concept is that uh, a chair that's designed with only three legs is obviously defectively designed because it can tip over easily. <laughs> so I, I just, just, I've been on a few of those chairs. <laughs> yeah, and it's obviously that's obviously designed defectively and it deviated from the original design. And also, in some cases, if the product was so unreasonably dangerous, it should have never been manufactured in the first place. Uh, the second way uh, a manufacturing defect is when the uh, product does not conform to the designer or manufacturer's own specifications. Uh, and these kind of defect cases are often easiest to prove because uh, the manufacturer's own design and marketing standards can be used to show that the product was uh, defective. Now, with regard to a breach of warranty, it's a little different because it, it involves a, a contract. Um, it can the warranty can either be expressed or it can be implied. So an express warranty is one created by the uh, overt words or actions of the seller. An implied warranty arises uh, because the circumstances of the sale uh, and not by the seller's uh, express promise. So with regard to the implied warranty, it's usually in, inferred that uh, a, a product is being sold to a consumer for a particular purpose. Uh, the buyer is relying on the seller's judgment that, that the product is safe uh, and it's implied that the goods that the seller sells to the buyer fit for that particular purpose. So just going back to your question was kind of more specific. Um, with regard to crystal, you know, it's something that you put on your shelf. You, if, you, if you know it has lead in it and you lick it or, I don't know, do something <laughs> with it where, where you consume it, you, you can't sue anyone because that's just being, that's just doing something that's unreasonable. You're not supposed to eat lead but if it's but if it's such a dangerous level that by just touching alone it goes gets, goes into your skin and causes you to suffer some kind of illness then there's a problem because it's reasonable to expect that the uh, the consumer is going to going to handle the uh, product at some point with their hands let's let's jump over a cliff here and talk about a, a recent thing that that I was involved in uh, was in New York just uh, a few days ago and was walking down in uh, various parts of New York. Uh, I won't mention exactly where, but in my wandering around uh, the wonderful city, I came upon a store that was selling what they called a, um, a name brand, pair, a pair of sunglasses that were name brand. I mean, these were listed uh, according to the seller to the retail store that you'd buy those normally for $200, $250 for a pair. Uh, they, were, they were kind enough to sell me the pair they had for $15. Now, first and foremost, um, let, me, let me say I bought them for $15, but I bought them with the intent, and what I did do with them is I sent them to one of our HSF, uh, the Hazardous Substance-Free Mark laboratories um, that we have, and asked them to test those sunglasses to see what the toxic uh, content of them is. But in this case, I'm buying a pair of sunglasses that are represented to me as being a name brand. Uh, I'm paying a very ridiculously low price if they're really a name brand pair. And now let's let's make an assumption. I haven't got the test results yet, but let's make an assumption that those turn out to have a high content of either cadmium or lead in them, which is common in plastics. Um, what can I? What action can I take 
uh, or what liability, I guess, let's go the other route. What liability does the actual manufacturer, and I'm talking about the one that this name is on it, not particularly the one that made them, but uh, assuming that they're really counterfeit, but they have a brand name on them. What's the liability on that manufacturer? Well, it depends. If if um, the manufacturer can establish that this was not their product and they never distributed this particular product to uh, the retailer that provided you with the product, uh, it's, it's highly doubtful that you'd be able to uh, establish some kind of suit against the manufacturer because they were never within the supply chain. Uh, however, you'll certainly have uh, a potential suit against a retailer who sold you this product that was defective. So I, I guess also you're, you're kind of going into the realm of copyright infringement. The, the manufacturer may have a potential suit against uh, the retailer for uh, knowingly selling a product that they represented was their own, knowing that it was uh, manufactured by a different company. Um, so again, it really it really depends on on the circumstances. Uh, any kind of suit brought by the the purchaser of that product uh, may have difficulty establishing establishing manufacturer is responsible. I'm going to take us into an uncharted place now because you brought up something to me that I just realized, um, and I don't think it's totally without. Uh, I'll call it precedent, and I'm not a lawyer, but I'm going to guess at that word. So I, I've got a retailer in a city that is uh, that has, for the sake of discussion, it, it, it's known for tourism. I've got a retailer that has sold me something that potentially causes illness for me personally or, or a member of my family or a friend that I give these things to. I've got a manufacturer that is protected because they've done the right things and having no knowledge of this, what turns out to be intellectual property theft or counterfeit material. But what happens or what possibility is there for me to go back to the city of New York and start talking to them about their failure to regulate their retailers? Well, I guess it depends. <laughs> so I guess it I guess you kind of raise a different circumstance. Are you saying if there's some kind of contractual arrangement or agreement between that particular retailer and, and the, the manufacturer of the product, then there's a different situation. Um, I thought maybe you were just talking about those uh, retailers you see on the side of the street that, that sell the, the novelty items. Well, um, even, even, yeah. if it, even if it's a novelty item retailer, um, I guess where I'm coming from, and I want to get this. We're, we're going to be short on time today, but I want, to, I want to try and chat with this just a little bit because a retailer in a city has to have a sales license, right? Correct. So what we're saying is unless they're truly not reg- – not, it isn't regulation it is, unless they just don't have a, a license to sell in the city. But uh, assuming they have a building – and in this particular case, it was. It was a storefront, so it was brick and mortar. But it's, it seems to me that if the shop that's selling is paying a fee to the city to be a retail, recognized retailer in a city, knowing that that city has a, um, a business of tourism, and that's 
the environment that we were in. Um, does the city potentially, and I'm going to cause some controversy with these questions, I'm sure, but does the city potentially have a liability? And, and this, this is really all about counterfeit now, which is part of what we're doing, is trying to stop the six, roughly $600 billion a year economic uh, impact uh, just with counterfeiting. So let me back up and give you a chance to answer. I keep interrupting you, but is, is there a precedent or is, there, is it realistic to think that if the city is licensed to a store to sell and they're selling counterfeits that there could be a liability there? That's an interesting question. I don't. I don't think there's an easy. I don't think there's an <laughs> easy an answer. But I. But I think if there's a, as you mentioned, the city has to give these people certain licenses. Do so they have responsibility to ensure that they're legitimate uh, businesses? Um, if these if these retailers are continu- continuously selling these uh, fake or counterfeit products, just like um, the products we just mentioned in New York, the the uh, beauty products, uh, I yes. think the city has a responsibility to. To crack down on, on that particular retailer and uh, impose criminal uh, penalties upon them, possibly jail time, to ensure that they don't do it again, and more importantly, to deter other retailers from from doing the same thing. Because as you as you mentioned, this is a you know, multi-billion-dollar industry uh, where people throughout the country are selling these these counterfeit products. Um, so certainly, the city has a responsibility to to crack down on them. But in terms of imposing civil liability upon the city, uh, I think that may be a little far-fetched. I'm not aware of any. I'm not aware of any uh, way to to sue the city unless unless they had knowledge that a particular store was doing this for a long period of time and simply said let them do whatever they want and didn't do anything about it. Um, but I, I think that's kind of a kind of a stretch. I'm not okay. aware of, of a city ever being held civilly liable for uh, a retailer selling counterfeit or fake parts. Okay, well, let's talk about this a bit more when we come back. We need to take a, another station identification break here. Uh, my guest, Matt Schindel with uh, Goldberg Sagala and myself, Stan Slot, will be back in just a few minutes here and uh, pick up where we left off, uh, talking about counterfeit uh, products, talking about hazardous substance products, and what we can do as consumers in industry to protect ourselves and our companies. Thank you, and we'll look forward to seeing you back in just a minute. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Secure Components is your international certified supplier of obsolete and hard-to-find products. Specializing in counterfeit mitigation, Secure Components is a qualified supplier for the Department of Defense, Aerospace, Military, and Avionics Industries. If you're a business in need of hard-to-find or obsolete components, please contact us by visiting our website, securecomponents.com, or call us at 484-222-5195. Again, 484-222-5195. Did you know that hazardous substances and counterfeit material can be in everything we buy? From new clothing, cars, toys, power cords, and charging units, to your garden hose and the drywall in your home. 
Did you know that many of these toxins or counterfeits have been found to cause infertility, birth defects, autism, obesity, and diabetes, which can be passed down from parents to children? It's nearly impossible to know the ingredients in these products, yet Stan Salat Jr., author and creator of the not-for-profit HSF Mark Alliance and Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance, believes that consumers have the right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in the products we buy. Are you a retailer, a manufacturer, a manager, and a person who cares about the safety of the products you sell and buy? Protect your assets, your job, and your family now. Tell Stan that you want his help. Contact BQPM today. Visit our website at www.bqpm.com or call toll-free 877-415-0191. BQPM.com. Together, we are working for your safety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is People to People, working for your safety. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to stan.salat at eccorp.org. Again, that's stan.salat, S-A-L-O-T, at eccorp.org. Now, back to People to People. Welcome back to People to People, working together for your safety. I'm your host, Stan Salat. Our show today is Industry Alliances for Consumer Safety. My guest, Matt Shindell, and I have been discussing the risk that we face every day when buying and using everyday consumer products and what we can do to protect ourselves. I had just put Matt on the spot, uh, suggesting that if the, if the uh, manufacturer uh, can demonstrate their uh, competence, if you will, or the fact that they aren't involved with a counterfeit part or counterfeit product, uh, and the retailer that sold it to me in a is in a um, a city known for uh, tourism. My question was, can I, as a consumer, if if I'm injured by that product, if I wind up having something happen and uh, have personal injury, could I potentially go to the city and ask for help to offset the cost or address? Uh, the liabilities that I now face trying to mitigate the medical issues that I might have uh, had with that. And while we're not trying to give answers by any means here, it does raise an an interesting question relative to counterfeiting, which is really where I was trying to go. We, as I spoke before, we have uh, a situation, and it's a well-understood and well-known situation that counterfeiting uh, is costing the global economy over $600 billion a year. Uh, and it's uh, reported that that will grow by 2000. I think it's reported as 2016 reaching $1.7 trillion. And this is a combination of all things counterfeit, which includes intellectual property, the actual manufacturing of counterfeit goods, and I think it's important to understand as consumers that when we talk about counterfeit, uh, we talk about the Rolex watches that aren't real. 
And I was offered a Rolex watch in New York for $40, $50, $60. Um, although they started out at a couple of hundred dollars, they quickly came down in price. But be that as it may, um, again, Matt, if, if you don't mind me keeping you on the spot here a little bit, we talk about this a little bit more. I know there's a lot going on with counterfeit. Right. Well, going back to your question with the city, I, ju- I just, from a product liability perspective, a defense that's often raised in those cases is that the uh, injury consumer is not sufficiently identified the supplier of the product that caused the injury. So, from a product liability law perspective, you can't really name the city as a responsible party because uh, the consumer has to be able to connect the product with the parties responsible for manufacturing and okay. supplying it. However, there is an exception to this rule in many states known as the uh, market share liability exception that applies to uh, cases involving defective medications. So when a consumer can't identify which of the pharmaceutical companies that supply a particular drug, uh, that supply the particular drug that they took, each manufacturer will be held liable according to its percentage of sales uh, in the area where the injury occurred. Hmm. So it's, it's unchartered but chartered, sounds like. <laughs> to an extent, yeah. Yeah, and I guess there's a lot of other uh, litigation going on with this. Uh, I know that the military, the government, U.S. government and military has been working on a number of things as well. Yeah, uh, going back to what I was talking about earlier with product liability litigation, one, one of the ways a consumer can establish um, someone's responsible is if you can prove they violated certain uh, industry standards that are well accepted within the community, like the lead standards you mentioned previously, but also uh, the United States government uh, has taken uh, taken this problem in its own hands, and, and they've established uh, which is known uh, a law known as Section 818 to uh, address the distribution of counterfeit parts in the uh, uh, the defense uh, supply chain. So this this law was enacted uh, in. Uh, beginning of 2012 and of 2011 to fight product pri- piracy and covers all Department of Defense contractors or subcontractors who supply electronic parts or products, including electronic parts. And the purpose of this section is to establish inspection, testing, detection, authentication, and reporting requirements for Department of Defense contractors. So whenever possible, these contractors have to obtain electronic parts that are, that are in production or currently available in stock from the original manufacturers, manufacturers of parts where they're authorized dealers, and then when they're not in production or out of stock, the parts have to be purchased from trusted suppliers. And these suppliers have to go through certain uh, accreditation uh, tests to get accredited so people know that they're legitimate and they're uh, selling legitimate parts. It's a process of actually getting the supply chain uh, trustworthy, I think, is the word we're starting to use. Right. That also brings up the point, um, just to touch on it, that the movement of counterfeit material through the U.S. mail or any place else is actually illegal uh, and can land a person in jail if, if you try sending something that's counterfeit and it turns out to be identified. Um, the laws today, because of these new regulations they're putting in place, actually hold the shipper liable. Not the shipping company, but the person that puts it in the mail to move it. Right. Yeah, they can be fined. The first offense, they can be, an individual can be fined up to $2 million. And second or subsequent offenses, an individual can be fined up to $5 million. 
uh, corporations can be fined to fifteen million dollars. So it's it's pretty heavy yeah. fines there. It's pretty 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 stiff. Mm-hmm. That's part of what we're doing in the um, for the for the listening audience. The CAMA, uh, the Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance organization, is actually establishing as part of that uh, organization a repository management system. And the intent here is to establish a place where all counterfeit or suspect material can be legitimately legally transferred put into quarantine. We're using uh, some new technology that's provided to us uh, through an agreement with SignaKey. Richard uh, McDermott, you might remember, was on our show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Richard produces a product that is what we now refer to as a tamper evidence seal. Allows us to create a forensic control or a uh, chain of custody, if you will, process so that we can actually help companies or individuals. If if you're a consumer and were to have a problem, uh, find, if you will, yourself faced with a uh, something you've identified as being a counterfeit uh, product, uh, moving it to a quarantine environment, you can actually contact uh, the Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance. It's at uh, counterfeitavoidance.org. Get auth- uh, um, well, you get uh, get online. You request an author uh, authorization to ship the material. Uh, we send you a package to send it in. It winds up in a quarantine environment, and then we're working, um, our intent is to work with Homeland Security and Departments of Justice to help bring, uh, if you will, those responsible for counterfeiting to justice. Uh, so that's, that's part of the new program. You'll be hearing more about that as time goes on, but the uh, CAMA organization itself is, is the CAMA Counterfeit Avoidance Mark Alliance organization, I should say, uh, is being established here in the U.S. as well as in other countries. We're talking with Australia. We're talking to uh, China, if you will. I'm here in Washington, D.C. to talk with 10 other Asian countries, and I'm traveling over to Taiwan uh, next month to discuss with folks in Taiwan the same uh, program there. We're setting this up as a uh, an affiliate-type program in many different countries. Well, Matt, I want to thank you for uh, joining me today. I've got a little bit of uh, work to do here to uh, share some thoughts with our audience. As we start wrapping up, we're coming to the end of our hour. It seems to go so quick. More mm-hmm. more quick than I would as than I would have ever thought when I started this type of work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really appreciate uh, you having me on the show. Very interesting uh, discussion. You know, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to do this, and uh, all the folks there at uh, Goldberg Sagala and their uh, assistants, and helping our audience understand what they can do to uh, mitigate their own problems. Hopefully, what we're sharing with our audience is uh, things that they can use uh, to help themselves uh, in, in really striving to be safer. 
Our show, as I've said before, is made possible by our sponsors. I need to recognize Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, and Secure Components. Business and Quality Process Management, LLC, provides business process and quality management consulting training and software tools. The principles of BQPM led the development and implementation of the International Hazardous Substance Process Management Certification Program used by more than 4,500 manufacturers worldwide to demonstrate uh, compliance to the European Union's Restriction of Hazardous Substance Laws and the International Counterfeit Avoidance Certification Program. Uh, to learn more about what uh, the about the work that BQPM does, and how they can help your company, visit their website at www.bqpm.com. Secure Components, another one of our uh, sponsors. Secure Components LLC is an independent distributor specializing in obsolete and hard to find components. Secure Components is the first company in the world to achieve international certification for their counterfeit detection and mitigation process controls. They're the folks that serve uh, the department. No, it's the Defense Logistics Agency. A lot of what they do helps the DLA, as it's referred to, find those obsolete and hard-to-find parts that keep our warfighters equipped with equipment that's uh, safe and sound to use. Their IECQ CAP certification was achieved in accordance with the SAE AS6081 standard. Uh, that's an international program put in place uh, mid last year. When you need to find high quality, obsolete, or hard to find components, you want Secure Components on your team. To learn more about what Secure Components can do for you, visit their website at www.securecomponents.com. Also, uh, Matt's still with me. I want to recognize Goldberg Zagala one more time, a regular guest on our show. Uh, Matt is uh, with us today. He's special counsel with Goldberg Zagala. And we certainly appreciate uh, all that you do for us and, and your organization does, Matt. Thank you very much. <clears throat> you can also uh, find us at the hsf.us website if you're interested in understanding what's happening with hazardous substances and the Hazardous Substance Mark Alliance and how we are working towards giving you access to the content of products by through the Internet, you'll want to go to uh, hsf.us. On the Counterfeit Avoidance uh, Mark Alliance, you want to go to counterfeitavoidance.org. And if you should wind up the recipient, recipient of a counterfeit material that you need to transfer and you want to do that safely, and you don't want to wind up spending a lot of money because you got caught shipping counterfeit materials around, by all means, get in touch with counterfeitavoidance. Uh, go to counterfeitavoidance.org and request the authority to ship your products to the quarantine environment. Also, like to recognize... Um, Voice America, the staff that makes all of this possible, 
I have Brandy Jackson, who's the general manager of Voice America, who uh, helps me make sure that we get this word out. Robert Cellino is our executive producer. We have Randy Jackman, production manager. Jeffrey Gerstel, our director of host services. And Brooke Ida, marketing and social media. And uh, also want to recognize Yulia Koch, K-O-C-S, with Branding and People to People. She is, actually that's Coach Branding and People to People. She is the production manager, and she is really the brains behind this whole organization. Without her, I don't know what I would do. This is Stan Slot signing off for today. Thank all of you for tuning in. And remember that you can make a difference in the fight against hazardous substance and counterfeit-free products by learning more and taking steps to ensure your own safety. Have a wonderful week. Bye now. Thank you for listening. Please join host Stan Salat Jr. for next week's edition of People to People, Working for Your Safety. We'll have another show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a safe, toxic, and counterfeit-free week.